Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, we are very lucky to have with us Christy Collingham. Thank you for joining us, Christy. Hey, Tammy. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's always, always fun to be talking to you. Why don't you tell us what your business is? What has you passionate and excited? Uh, So my business is I facilitate a program called Lasting Results. And what I do is I delve into what is in the subconscious mind that's holding you back and how can we specifically talk to the subconscious mind so that it will listen. And this ends up getting people results with more ease, less resistance and results in their life that last longer. Uh, and we always focus on like one big thing. What's the one big thing that's going to get you the most um, effectiveness or the most efficiency or the best results in your life. And we work on that one big thing and we try to make it last. That sounds so wonderful and absolutely necessary. Yeah. I find that there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, I've been, I'm, I've been trying to work on my time management for years or, you know, I, I've been, I've been a yo-yo dieter for 18 years. Like, how do I, I can get results, but they don't last. How do I make this? this happen. And that's what I work with is how do we make those results stick? Well, I can definitely list a bunch of people that need your help, probably including myself because I'm human and I get stuck too. (laughs) And what is your family situation, Christy? Um, Well, I've been with my uh, husband for about seven years now. And we have a daughter, um, Emily, and she is, she's 17 months old. So almost a year and a half. Oh my goodness, the very active stage. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's doing the running and the destroying of all of the places in my house. A toddler can sprint faster than Usain Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I say, what do you have in your mouth? Children are worse than dogs for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's bad. Well, they, they keep us on our toes. They keep us on our toes. Absolutely. So... With you dealing with people getting getting stuck with issues and stuff like that, how often do you come across people that are are stuck in their in with their money and how they deal with it? Other than every day, <laughs> it, I I think I just I see it constantly because, uh, as you know, our money stories start and and our exposure to money start when we're very young. 
Um, and so our subconscious mind makes up, starts making up stories from when we're little, from when we're toddlers or five years old or 10 years old. And those things stay with us. So we're walking and we don't know it anymore. So in our day-to-day lives as adults, we're walking through kind of living through our assumptions about money, but we don't know, we don't really know what they are because we haven't been able to dig back to past us to pull them forward. So I do work with people about, um, about how to resolve their relationship with money. Um, and it works especially effective when people are like, it is my time to get out of debt. We want to get them better at managing their money. And that's where my process really kicks in. And, and do you, do you find that most, most of their grief and, uh, bad stories start when they're kids? I feel like most of all of our grief and bad stories start when we're kids because as children, we don't have the right context and the right frame of mind. And so our brain will fill in the missing information with our own stories. That's what our brain does. So what are some of the most common stories that you hear that, that people developed around money when they were kids? Similar. It, it's, it's not quite money is evil, but it's a lot about rejection. Like if I have a lot of money, then I will lose my community. Um, so if I, if I handle my money well, that um, things won't be fun. What's another good one um, that if I um, if I pay attention to my money or if my money grows, then I'll lose my identity. So identity and um, having a, a varied existence or not being like not having a boring life and our community are very core pieces to our survival. Do you find that when you're talking to parents and you're helping them deal with their money issues and stuff, do you find that they ever talk about like they don't want their kids to have the same issues? Like what are some of the conversations that you end up having with people on this very interesting and challenging subject? Yeah. Everybody wants their kids to do better than them. Um, And most of the people, everybody that I talk to, um, when they're saying about their children, it comes a lot of the things that they want to teach their children about is how to talk about money, how to save money, um, how to do your taxes. So all of the challenges that, you know, it, some people are like, it's, I'm 50 years old now and I finally figured out, um, how to save money or I'm, I'm 35 and I've just finished my first budget. And I see that parents these days, are as they're fixing their own money things want to instill that in their children at a younger age so that they're not their children aren't stuck in the same manner which which is a very good thing and which is what I'm finding an awful lot myself coming across people where while there's still so much shame and and grief and turmoil around it people are much more willing to face it and and make sure that they're or at least do their best to try and not pass on the same issues to their kids, where I think that's a big improvement over the last few generations where my experience has been, it just gets passed down the line, passed down the line where people nowadays are much more, no, this is going to stop with me. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a whole lot of like 
60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s kids, and past that, I'm not sure. But everybody's like, we did not talk about money, you know. That and and now, I at least my circle, those people are starting to talk about money. And and in your circle, what are some of the things that they're actually talking about now in terms of money? You know, it's still not the best. Not everybody's having these these open and honest conversations, but. Um, I know that people are like, I'm going to teach my kids, like, I'm going to give my kids three piggy banks and, and they're going to do their, their spending and their saving and their investing. So absolutely there's, there's planning for the future. Um, there's using money for fun and there's using money for future us. So people are definitely talking about that. Um, we're still not talking about debt levels. I think that there's a lot of shame there. Oh, tons. Um, there's, there's a lot of, um, regret. Um, and there's a lot of like, people don't know what to do. They're like, I'm here and I'm just going to be in debt forever. And that is, that is, that doesn't have to be true. So, you know, people are talking more about the, the smaller pieces, like pay yourself first. Um, very important things. Um, but we're, we're, we're not talking about, uh, about the big D. But the fact is we all have, we have to start somewhere. One of the, one of the things that I come across an awful lot is all the stuff that you talked about, but also, well, my friends or my neighbors and all this stuff seem to be doing so well and all that. How come I'm not like, how come I'm having all these struggles? And I'm going, well, if you actually went into and saw their finances in a lot of cases, you're probably in better shape than they are, even though they're driving all the new vehicles and have the nice big house and they're taking the trips and stuff. They're probably stressed to the gills because they're in debt up to their eyeballs, if not higher. Yeah. The, the leveraged life is is wonderful to live in the moment. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely true. It, it adds a, an exceptional level of stress, but I think that people don't even know how big it is. And comparison is the thief of joy. I live in an inner city neighborhood in this small little bungalow. I could live in potentially a much larger house um, in a much fancier area, but that's just what I've chosen to do with my budget. And so people might be like, oh, you, you know, you go on this many trips and I don't. And I was like, well, we're just, we're making different choices and they just show up differently. And not saying that one choice is better than the other, like, but there's so many people that, st- I, I don't think it's as bad as it used to be for a lot of people, but it's still very much um, a common issue of trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. And because I think social media makes it worse because we get to see all of the the highlight reels of people's lives through Facebook and and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram. And we're not seeing all like the work and the struggle and the grief that goes along with a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Social media is showing us the filtered version of our lives, which is good. I always love to see people in happy places. Um, and it just doesn't support us when we're looking at our own selves and going like, what, you know, what's wrong with me or like, what's, what's missing in my income. I've heard a lot of people lately talk about like, they're like, oh, I make a healthy income. And I'm kind of like, what, what, what dollar amount is that for you? Um, but in honesty, that, that doesn't even matter. It's about what your values are and what choices you're making with, with your money. Well, yeah, and a lot of people don't realize just how expensive it is just to live. 
Like people pick, can make what used to be considered really, really good incomes and they're not being frivolous in any way. But by the time you just pay mortgage on a basic house and you're, and you're paying your taxes and you're paying for the groceries and you're paying for gas and the utilities and stuff like that, it adds up so fast that they're going, where'd all my money go? Well, you're living in it for one. And that's without being, like I said, expensive or frivolous in any way it's just the daily cost of living is has gone up so much yeah and that's knowing where your money goes is such a gift and kind of a little curse at the same time because you're like wait a minute there's you know so much of it's going to my my daily net i actually just was looking at um i was watching a podcast no a video recently and um the gentleman had said and don't quote me on these numbers but he said that the, the purchasing power has decreased so drastically that somebody making minimum wage back in, say, um, like 40 years ago mm-hmm. had the lifestyle of a middle class worker. Yep. So but today, if you're making minimum wage, you do not have a middle class worker's lifestyle. So our purchasing power has or purchasing power has eroded so much. Over the years, like people go, if you're in a job and you're lucky, you get a cost of living raise, which is like 2%, but all of your expenses have gone up like 5 to 10%, you've lost money. Yeah, and it's happening every day. I notice that even today, my grocery bills are getting higher and higher. And I'm like, well, these, these vegetables, which are essential to my health, are now costing 40% more. And where is that money going to come from now? What? What else in my budget goes away so that I can eat my broccoli? Yeah. And, and like I said, just um, I was just seeing that for here here in Calgary, our electricity bills went up. I think it was I think I was seeing 17 percent. Well, what are you going to do if you've already turned off the lights and, and you've got your LED light bulbs and things like that? Where's that money going to come from? And yes, we need to be talking about the savings and stuff, but we also need to be having people and, and talking with kids because Kids are moving out later and later, and it's not because they're lazy or spoiled. It's for the simple fact that very few can afford to move out. Yeah. Yeah, daily living is absolutely getting, is is increasing, and our salaries are not matching those, are not matching those increases, but our, our standard of life tends to stay mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. And I, that's, I think, where where people get in trouble, and absolutely with, with children, um, we need to talk to them early on and, and show them kind of the how things work on a more detailed basis so that they can be prepared when they do move out. Oh, you're preaching to the choir here on that one. I'm completely on board with that one. I've got my my two girls are, are teenagers and they're only in the house for a few more years unless I keep them around for a while. And it's like, okay, do you guys have any idea what it will cost you if you guys want to move out on your own? Like just your rent and your utilities. And like you said, feeding yourself, let alone the cell phone and anything else that you want to be doing. Well, and it's those extra monthly subscriptions that mm-hmm. that it's like death by a thousand cuts that people don't realize. Like, oh, it's just Netflix is, I don't know what Netflix is these days. Netflix is $9.99 and Disney Plus is $8.99. And all of these things seem so affordable in monthly chunks. Yeah, the, the, the invisible dripping of money until you're gone. Mm-hmm. And, and another, another one that you see is uh, like the in-app game purchases. 
and things like that where the kids are, are spending the money or I'm, I'm fortunate my girls are really good, but I, I talk to parents with other teenagers and kids and they want to eat out all the time. They want to be getting the junk food and the Slurpees and all of that stuff and they don't realize just how much money that is when you pile it all up. Because like you said, when it's like five bucks or ten bucks, it doesn't look like much. Yeah, it makes a big difference. I started, I thought that I had a good, what I call a fun budget. So that's for my, like my Slurpees. And if I go for lunch with friends or go to a movie um, and I set it just like three years ago and I forgot about it. And then I've started actually writing down every single day, every little purchase that I make. And I'm like, oh man, like that, like Jugo juice one day matched with, you know, parking to go visit my friend for a coffee plus the donut. All of those things are, are adding up a lot more than my brain was originally telling me. Yeah. Well, I was just seeing it was a really good mem being passed around on Facebook. How do you, how do you, uh, waste $10,000 a year? $27 a day is all it takes. Right. And of that, like how many times, like you said, parking and you go to Jugo Juice or a, or a Starbucks and you grab Subway when you're out, that's 27 bucks. No problem. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that we don't see it anymore. So we're not handing over physical cash. We have our cell phones and our cards. And so our money just kind of goes away without us actually tangibly seeing it or feeling it. So an $8 um, Venti extra something latte doesn't we don't feel the pain of it it just kind of we just do a little click and tapping our debit cards is becoming oh i hate that i see people doing that and i'm going oh man never 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 because like you don't even have to go to the effort of putting your information in the money just disappears faster than you can blink yeah there's no connection between what you're doing and your mind if you're not like you, you buy the thing and your brain is happy that you bought the thing, but your brain hasn't logged any kind of mm -hmm. section about I've spent money here and this is how much I'm spending. Yeah, exactly. That's why they had like so many of the banks and the merchants and stuff set it up because it just, it, it takes away the emotional intellectual connection of yes, this is your hard earned money that you are spending. Yeah, so I think that's going to be the challenge with teaching children is the more and more that the electronics and, and technology take over financial lives, how do we put the tangibility of money back into money yeah. so that our brains understand it? Huge thing that we need to be talking to our kids about. So if you can make sure that your beautiful daughter understands three lessons about money when she's finally able to move out, what three things do you want her to know? I want her to know that money is a good, useful tool, that money is attainable, and what else do I want her to know about money? I want her to know how to save and grow money. I don't know if that's actually six things in three sentences, but um, there's. I want to make sure that, that she understands that money isn't a scary thing and that she can have it as well as grow it in a safe environment. Those are excellent, excellent lessons. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to be on the podcast. It was great having you. Thank you for having me, Tammy. I was thrilled to be here.
Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fun, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.